Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Not D&D, which is brought to you by EN Live, part of EN World, the leading tabletop news and review site. I'm your host, Jessica, but much more excitingly with me this week, I have two uh, fantastic guests. Uh, so, Tommaso, would you start, please, and introduce yourself? Hi, Jess. Thank you for having us. Uh, I'm Tommaso De Benetti, the creative director at the War Danville Publishing, and uh, our latest game is Broken Tales, and... Uh, that's what we are discussing this evening, I think. Yeah, definitely. That's good, because that's what I've prepared all my questions for. So I'm glad that's what you want to talk about, Sandy. <laughs> and uh, and uh, also, we have Nick here with us as well. Could you introduce yourself? Hey, folks. Uh, my name is Nick, and I am the community manager for the World Anvil Publishing. Uh, mostly, I also do streams, uh, mostly promoting this game. Sometimes I play with other people for other games as well uh a lot of a lot of things it's so hard to summarize it all yeah so you get to spend all day uh talking about this amazing game and playing games of it and showing people how it works oh yeah exactly it sounds like a pretty good job uh, so if people if you want to check out uh someone playing this game if you check out your channel afterwards maybe sounds like uh, a good way to go to talk about broken tales uh, um, so we have, we have we have a few mm-hmm. um, actual play on our YouTube channel uh, mm-hmm. of the World Anvil Publishing. So there's several yeah. in uh, uh, in a few languages. We have uh, Italian, English, and French actually. Wow! Uh, but then uh, on Twitch, I think Nick is the expert, uh, the Twitch expert. I'm too old for it. So <laughs> I, I mean, me, I me too. Me too. But we're both here <laughs> on it right now. So you know how, yeah. how difficult can it be? How difficult can it be? Um, but yeah, so we're going to hear talking about the game Broken Tales. Um, but before uh, we get into talking about that, I just want to say, oh, I'm forced to say to everyone, if you have any questions about Broken Tales, anything we're talking about, please pop it in the chat and we'll pop it up um, on the screen and answer your question for you. So feel free at any point. Um, but before we get into talking about Broken Tales, I wanted to talk a bit about your background and history with role-playing games. Um, so when did you first start playing? And yeah, what was the first game you played? Um, so, so Nick, what was the first uh, role-playing game that you played? As cliche as, as it was, my first games was D&D, of course, because it's <laughs> kind of like, the, yeah, it's the thing that's most widely known. Um, and when was that? Was that just last week? Actually, or? it's... <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, I've known about D&D and some, D&D and Call of Cthulhu. I know that I knew about those two uh-huh. games for a while, but I never really got to play until around 2019, around the oh. end, the tail end of 2019. Mm-hmm. And then started with online games, mm-hmm. not streamed yet. And then I, 20. End of 2021, maybe I think, or, or 2020. I met, I met someone who told me, "Hey, why don't you check out this new game on Kickstarter? It's called Broken Tales." I think it was beginning of 2021, probably because yeah, that's when the game was on Kickstarter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and then it escalated from there, and now you do all this community management and and everything like that. <laughs> yep. I try. I, I try to keep things in order. I think, or sometimes yeah. I even cause the chaos. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very difficult job to do. Uh, so, how did you uh, end up being involved and and working? Uh, you know, working on Broken Tales um, from being a fan of it to to working with them. I actually, I actually missed the Kickstarter of Broken Tales. I wasn't able to Damn. back it the first time. 
And then this uh, my friend was like, uh, she said, "Hey, you kick you missed the Kickstarter, but the 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 backer kit is still up. You can still okay. late pledge." And I was like, "Okay." fine this is my chance i'm gonna do it and then <laughs> i saw a link for a discord community and then i started meeting people and this very interesting man who apparently is one of the founders of the publishing of the publishing company that made or publishes will publish broken tales called tomaso <laughs> and we started talking discussing the game and then i had a little idea because I've been a fan of watching actual plays on Twitch. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey, what if we can promote this to other Twitch streamers? So what if we can get a collaboration with one of them? And then that's where it all started. <laughs> Excellent. That's good. Um, so, Tommaso, when was your first role-playing uh, game experience? Right. Uh, this is a bit of a longer story. When I was... Okay. Uh, when I was a kid, I, I used to go to the mountains in the summer. We had some cottages um, in, in this kind of camping place. And uh, there wasn't very much to do there. So uh, with other kids, we were trying to figure out what to do. And one day, somebody sit, uh, sat me down to to play uh, Hero Quest, And I loved it. Um, and then after a couple of days of Hero Quest, uh, um, this guy told me, hey, if you, if you love this, you're going to love this other game. And then... Uh, it took me, uh, yeah, this little, uh, this, this mini cottage, and he said, uh, mm-hmm. I can run this, and it was the uh, the red box of D&D. So I started with yeah. D&D as well, uh, and from there mm-hmm. I basically never stopped because uh, uh, every summer we were playing role-play games together, but we were trying even different stuff. We didn't just have D&D. That we had uh, mm-hmm. Call of Tulu, we had Vampire, we had Warhammer, um, mm-hmm. We have one called Druid, which I don't think was translated into English. Um, okay. And then uh, when I, I got a bit older, I was part of a um, RPG club in my city. Uh, so it was very easy to try different stuff. Uh, then at some point I left for... Uh, now I live in Finland. I left for Finland and I've been living here for uh, 15 years. Uh, mm-hmm. So I had a bit of a gap in between. Um, yeah. Several years without... a. A clear group to play with. It was a bit of a language barrier. Finnish is not the easiest language, and and not not, not everybody was comfortable playing in English. Um, after a while, I was nostalgic, so I started up uh, again, uh, being interested in in role play games, and of course the the advent of of some tools like uh, instant messengers and um, ways to play online together. Uh, were a huge help in uh, rekindling my my um, passion. And how did you go from being somebody who just like loves and plays, uh, you know, games a lot, uh, to being somebody who who makes them? Yeah. What was that journey like? It's not a long story. If you want to hear it, I'll, I'll tell it. Um, yeah. I used, to, I used to have a friend that. Uh, well, I still have a friend. This is not that. He's still alive. I have a friend that, that writes um, scripts for for movies, right? But getting okay. the movies done, it's it's incredibly hard. Uh, mm-hmm. So at some point, I saw that he was really frustrated because uh, he wrote so many, and all of them were shelved for some mm-hmm. reason or the other. So I said, "Listen, um, I want to make a role play game." 
I have all these ideas of uh, all the systems I want to put together. I think I can make something interesting, but I need somebody who takes care of the setting. Why don't you use your mm. your skills to to write the setting? Yeah. And he, he was intrigued, and uh, it seemed more feasible than making a movie. <laughs> so uh, we started collaborating, and we created our first uh, uh, our first two books. Actually, one is a generic system. Um, it's called uh, Monad System. Is our old uh, uh, system, mm -hmm. and then uh, he created this setting, which is uh, called Nostalgia La Flotta Nomade. It hasn't been translated into English, but a little mm -hmm. bit of it survives um, as in a sh um, abridged version in another game uh, that was on Kickstarter last year, uh, Not The End, uh, from a group mm -hmm. of friends, um, Fumble, uh, GDR, um, because that is also a, a system that you can use for many settings. And uh, yeah. in, the book, in the book, they are um, they, they feature several settings, and they also featured uh, this abridged version of our uh nostalgia in there so but but we had to shrink it from 350 pages to 20. um but but that like that was the first thing we published on the italian market and before doing broken tales we published i think 13 or 14 books or something like that so we've been doing this for a while since 2007 yeah. uh, 2015 i think yeah wow well, yeah, I love that story because I, I always do think uh, role-playing games are a way, it's storytelling, it's a way to tell a story. So someone who, who writes films and movies, I think the skill sets for creating, it's just another way to tell a story, isn't it? But role-playing games are more kind of collaborative and, and things like that. I mean, there, there is a learning curve. That there are things we mm -hmm. uh, found out uh, during this process because everybody who read that uh, setting, which might not be dead, I'm, I'm just putting it out there, <laughs> it might come yeah. back at some Everybody who read that was uh, very amazed by how good it was. Actually, it's a science fiction uh, odyssey. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we call it uh, uh, nihilistic uh, sci-fi yeah. for uh, for various Lovely. reasons. But let's let's not go into that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> one thing we found out is that uh, the approach that you would have on a movie um, might work really well when you want to tell a story, but when you uh, want to Play a game, it can be a bit overwhelming because we found out that mm -hmm. a lot of people were so taken by the lore that they were a bit intimidated in putting it on, um, you know, bringing it to the table because yeah. they felt like, you know, I need to to know everything that is in this book. Mm -hmm. I think it's a bit of the same problem that some of the World of Darkness products have, uh, where yeah. there's so much material out there that people feel like, oh no, I know to know exactly what this vampire was doing. Uh, it's a little intimidating. Ages. Yeah, so, you feel like you have to study or something before you can sit down yeah, and play. Exactly. And I think it, it might be also a bit of a problem to communicate to, to players when they just want to know what they're going to play and then you have to tell them the story that is like 45 minutes long. Um, so it, it, there are pros and cons in doing it that way. And I think uh, uh, since that time, we uh, found a better way to do it where there's a lot more co-creation with the players and Broken mm -hmm. Tales is definitely one of this... Uh, has this different approach where there's nothing really you need to learn before playing. Uh, a lot of the things happen at the table and mm -hmm. uh, as a storyteller, you can work a lot with the inputs that uh, the players are giving you, uh, which wasn't true for our for some of our previous games. Uh, but, you know, there's a learning curve. This, this is what you learn when you try to do it for real. 
Definitely. So with uh, we want to talk about Broken Tales a bit because that's where our journeys kind of led us with, with, with both of you there. Um, so, Nick, if you had to briefly describe to somebody, if they said, oh, what, what's Broken Tales? What's this game about? How would you describe it? Uh, well, I would describe it as if you take a bunch of fairy tales or maybe the fairy tale, the Grimm Brothers fairy tale book, and you smashed it with a role-playing game you have broken tales it's basically if you it's basically the game of broken tales is basically what would happen if you answer the question of what if your fairy tales are suddenly thrown into the real world but in Mm -hmm. reverse so the good guys are the bad guys and the bad guys are the good guys sort of thing yes (laughs) excellent yes so So would you agree to that yeah that more or less um <laughs> first of all uh, broken tales is based uh, not on the disney version uh, of the fairy tales which uh, uh have been uh, uh sanitized uh, very much mm-hmm. um so we we've been looking at the sources and sometimes uh, these fairy tales are pretty violent and pretty yeah. grim and scary and there are things that definitely wouldn't fly right now yeah, like the, the Little Mermaid one. I read the original one, and she just dies at the end and turns into sea foam. Well, but even yes, the Green it. Brothers, uh, <laughs> even 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 the Green Brothers have uh, um, revised their version several times because even at the time when they published it, people didn't accept how certain things. I I, I just I just found out today that the first version of Rapunzel they had to rewrite it because she she got pregnant without being married, and they had to to. Yeah. Uh, get that yeah. out or for example in in uh, snow white uh, the prince mm-hmm. was actually carrying around the, the coffin of uh, snow white in every room he went for a long time and that was completely creepy <laughs> and and they had to cut that out because yeah, that, yeah. That let's not even talk about it. sleeping beauty because that one is yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it beauty is another one. Oh yeah uh, yeah it is <laughs> you, you might go and find out but it's very okay. messed up yeah i don't so, think it's safe to say it here on twitch okay yeah. Yeah, <laughs> i'll take your word for it people have access to the anyway internet, so. anyway we started from that and uh, we mm-hmm. decided okay um in the, in the lore of the game there is this child that uh, uh saves the world of fairy tale we don't mm-hmm. go into details there he just saves it and the king mm-hmm. of fairy tale says okay you have a wish now what do you want and he has this wish that uh, for for once he wants the villains to to be good as well and have their spotlight and and uh, become somebody people is excited about. And mm. uh, his wish is granted, but of course every time you have a uh, a light, there needs to be also shadow. Otherwise, light doesn't exist. So uh-huh. what happens is all the other characters in the fairy tale they become twisted, and it doesn't mean an exact one to one reverse. So it's not mm-hmm. that the good guys now are evil, but Every, every other character except the villains, they're, they're not what we remember from these fairy tales. And uh, we use this uh, kind of framework to take all the fairy tales, see what are their founding blocks of these fairy tales, and uh, break them down and rebuild them. So you might, like in the, in the book, of the, the, in the core book, we have several scenarios that are based on famous fairy tales. Uh, mm-hmm. But you don't know how they 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 go, and you definitely don't know who's the bad guy. And uh, you like they are supposed to surprise the players. And sometimes, because we also suggest that maybe you shouldn't tell on which fairy tale this thing that you're playing is based. 
Um, okay. You have these situations where, where players find that, oh, I know which fairy tale this is now that I've been playing for one hour because I recognize yeah. that character. It's not like finally I understand what's going on here. It, mm -hmm. It's a nice uh, uh, process of discovery during the game. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I love the artwork style in the book. I'll put some of the, the pictures up on the screen here. So it all seems uh, a bit like the tone you say. It's a bit dark and kind of creepy and almost like a little bit off. And the more you look at these pictures, you see kind of kind of more things. Who did, who did yeah. the art for, the, for these? Uh, no, actually, I, I need to point this out. Um, I'm basically the producer of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And there is some of my material in the books, uh, actually not in the core book, in the expansion. But the main mm -hmm. author of the game is uh, Alberto Tronchi, which is, uh, mm -hmm. at this point, I would say a popular Italian designer. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, the person that takes care of all the graphic design and illustration, which I think is really top-notch in this game, is Daniel Comerci, which... Uh, uh, at this point, is is also a designer, uh, but he focuses mostly on graphic and, and illustration. At this point, um, he is featured in other games like Cult, uh, Shadowrun. Mm -hmm. uh, he's in several of the Lordsmith products. Um, now I should go and check it. Like he, like many <laughs> of the games that these two guys have done together, are illustrated by him. Um, he's really a very versatile artist. Can do many styles. And he's basically been working with us since the beginning because he was the first graphic designer we hired and he's still mm -hmm. our person of reference for this stuff because he's, he's first of all, he's a great person to work with and, uh, mm -hmm. and then he's so talented. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, definitely. I can see why uh, it, the, the book, the art looks so beautiful in, in the game. Um, yes, I, I can see why you keep working with them for sure. Um, so talking about the, the game a little bit more, so it's kind of got these uh, kind of kind of dark sort of themes in it. So what are the kind of stories that, that you'd be kind of telling? So Nick, I don't know if you have any kind of, you know, story arcs or particular kind of favorite moments you'd pull out from the game. Oh, favorite moment. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps in some of the games you've run um, uh, that people can check out in the actual plays. Okay, yeah, because uh, it's the most interesting thing that's ever happened in one of the games that I ran. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, this happened, this happened, um, oh, this happened during my run of Wonder Bedlam, which is a... Mm -hmm. Alice in Wonderland inspired scenario. Okay. During during the game, so we had the big bad wolf Garu. Mm -hmm. Our big bad wolf got almost smushed by a gigantic caterpillar. Okay. <laughs> For a series of very bad rolls, like seriously, this he he was having such a difficult time. He got it. It was such a. It was such a funny moment, especially knowing <laughs> that he's he's the strongest hunter in the whole composition of that team. Okay. And he was the one who kept getting trampled on and kicked and injured because his roles, because he liked to risk a lot in his roles. He didn't mm -hmm. like to use other methods of gaining his successes. Mm -hmm. So he was always like, okay, I believe in my dice and you get a yeah. one. So but that belief was misplaced. <laughs> yeah, just for context, a one in Monad ecosystem is an automatic failure. 
even ah. though even if you roll a hundred dice, as long as you get a one, it's an automatic failure. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, to be well, fair, in, in that to be fair in that scenario, the caterpillars are are uh, gigantic and they are flesh eating. So I think uh, it's uh, to put it oh, in so context, it, it wasn't. To be fair, small, yes, it's not just like a little <laughs> one in the garden. Um, <laughs> that makes sense. Um, but Tomasa, could you talk about the? We touched on the rules a little bit there, but actually, if we could go through uh, the rule system, so. Um, if you could so if, if people aren't familiar with the, the system at all could you kind of talk through how yeah. it works in the game so i think the easiest way to explain it is that first um we look at uh, what a character sheets has uh there so yeah. we start okay first of all uh, let me let me explain this we uh the game comes with uh the the core game comes with the 14 pre-made characters that mm -hmm. are based on this iconic uh, fairy tale uh, characters. We have, uh, for example, we have um, Bluebeard. We have this Yukion, which is uh, from from uh, Japanese uh, uh, folklore. Um, let me see. I have it here. We have um, um, Saint George. Uh, we have uh, Krampus from Nicholas from Krampus is based on Krampus. Mm -hmm. uh, Marina, the sea explorer, is based on the sea witch, which uh, most of the people know as Ursula in. Uh, uh, and the uh, um, Little Mermaid. Yes. Uh, we have the, the Immortal, which is based on Koshei, which, which is a very recurring figure in uh, Russian uh, folklore. Uh, the Woman from the Woods, which is the witch from uh, Ansel and Gretel. Ansel and Gretel. Um, we have the Babai, the Judge, is the Boogeyman. Uh, mm -hmm. We have Regina, the Thief of Arts, which is Regina from, uh, sorry, is the Queen from um, uh, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, there's yeah, Baba yes. Yaga, there's the Pied Piper, etc. Oh, yeah. So we, okay. we made this uh, uh, for um, to be used at, at the table because the idea of Broken Tales is that between one D&D, longer D&D campaign and the other, you can mm -hmm. basically put this on the table, say, hey, guys, uh, we can play a few sessions of this just as a palate cleanser. Um, yeah. Just look at these pictures, tell me who you want to do. And uh, uh, you have the, uh, this great illustration on the front and everything you need to play in the back. Uh, so everything you need to play is there. That's the only thing basically players need to, to, to look at during the game. Uh -huh. and, uh, and we made them for you because uh, these are such iconic uh, uh, characters from fairy tales that mm -hmm. uh, you probably would have gone and, and, and found them uh, anyway. And yeah. because the process of breaking this character is a bit uh, longer than a usual uh, character uh, sheet creation, uh, we pre-made it for you. Uh, we have 40 mm -hmm. characters in the in the core book, 13 in the in the expansion. Uh, and then there is the process where you can do your own, or even if you want, yeah. for example, we have one character called James the uh, Swordman yeah. um, uh, that um, is basically Hook from Peter Pan. Uh, and uh, um, in the book, we have an example where we break it in a different way. So it's the same character, but now it has different personality, different powers, mm -hmm. etc. So you can do these things. Right. Um, so what's on this character sheets? So you, you have, first of all, the name of the character. There's a little background uh, where mm -hmm. you can think about how this character has been broken and rebuilt. It means like it's not the character from the fairy tale. It is different. Yeah. Something... Some 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 of the the building block blocks of the character have been flipped somehow. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, one one that uh, um, I can use to 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 make an example is the Bluebird. In the original story, is a murderer. He murders uh, all his wives 
as you probably know. And if you didn't, I'm sorry for the spoiler, but but that's what <laughs> it's, it's I think uh, I think we're out of spoiler territory. It's a pretty old story. I think you're safe. Uh, yeah. Uh, plus, there is a great game about it. It's uh, Bluebird's Bride. I, I would recommend mm -hmm. it. Uh, it's, it's a great game. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, in this game, instead, what happens is that he's a um, uh, problem solver. And uh, he did uh, have many wives, but all of them were killed by his enemies. So he's in search for revenge because uh -huh. uh, how unfair life has been to him. Yeah. However, um, so the whole character sheets is, is based around this new concept, except one part of that I will discuss in a moment. So uh, when you look at the character sheet, you, you will see that um, there's one part called descriptors and one mm -hmm. part called gifts. So the descriptors are sentences that uh, describe something that the, the character can do well and something that the character cannot do very well. Okay. Um, for example, uh, one of his are, uh, is, uh, I am an educated man who has studied the arts and sciences. I use this knowledge to uncover truths and reveal mysteries. This is the part uh, that he does well. But yes. then there is this, this other part, I hate secrets, but only when I don't know them. So we know about him that uh, he will try to figure out a secret, even if it means getting in trouble. That is the part okay. we call we call it the, the downside. Um, mm -hmm. When you bring it into play to put yourself in trouble, um, you will be able to mark uh, XP uh, for the character. So it is the player... Mm -hmm himself that decides when to bring troubles into the game so he can he can get uh, uh, more xps uh, so um connected to these uh, descriptors there are gifts uh, gifts are special abilities pretty much mm -hmm. and um, they are the more the more mechanical part of of uh, the game uh, so every character has uh, two descriptors like this uh, two gifts like this and then there's one that is called dark ego uh, the dark mm -hmm. ego is the connection to the original fairy tale. So in the case of uh, uh, Bluebird, is uh, still the fact that uh, deep down he's still a murderer. And uh, if the condition is right, there is a thing called activator. Uh, if that mm -hmm. condition verifies, he can bring back who he was uh, in the original fairy tale. So in this case, mm -hmm. he becomes this very violent uh assassin pretty much okay yeah and of course you can use you can use it to your advantage when you have to fight mm -hmm. somebody uh but it is the dark part of the character which still mm -hmm. hasn't uh gone away right um so when it comes to the system uh basically everything revolves around these concepts and the main idea is that um first of all if if uh, the storyteller determines that one of your descriptors uh covers the current situation you might not even mm -hmm. need to do any any check of any kind so this okay. can change from character to character some character might be more uh um able than others to 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 uh pass a certain situation without a check for some instead we might require a check mm -hmm. uh, we call mm -hmm. it the position check because uh it changes your um, narrative position in the scene there is no situation okay. in which the the um, your situation remains the same before you did the check. Like the, the story always moves, moves forwards, whole, mm -hmm. uh, something always happens, time passes, you get in, a, in more trouble, things like that. So we, we call this position check because it changes your, your position. Okay. Um, and uh, when instead we need to determine if uh, um, something uh, has the 
possibility to go wrong, um, the the storyteller uh, tells you uh, a thing we call opposition level. So the opposition level is basically a difficulty level. All enemies have one, uh, and uh, certain situations uh, called threats also have one. So for example, mm -hmm. uh, we have three standard uh, values, uh, three, five, and seven. This is the amount of successes you need uh, to overcome uh, the, the current situation. Okay. Um, how do you get this success? So uh, first of all, you look at your descriptors. If you have one that can be helpful for the situation, you already get mm -hmm. three base successes. And then, okay. uh, if you, sorry, if you have if none uh, applies, then you just get one base success. Uh, then the, what remains to determine is how do you fill the gap between the number of successes you have and this opposition level. So to give you mm -hmm. a, a clearer example, if if uh, um, an opposition level, uh, if, the, if the storyteller determines the opposition level for something is five, uh, you can look at your descriptor. Maybe you have something that applies, then you already have three points. You need to uh, bridge that gap of two points between three and five. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how can you do that? You have two ways to do it. You can spend uh, a resource that we call Soma points, but it, it is uh, uh, finite. So every character has a certain amount. It takes a long time to regenerate them. But every time you spend one, you get one automatic success. So if you if you have already three base successes, you need to get to five, you can decide, okay, I spent two Soma points, and you basically pass that check, right? Mm -hmm. Or if you don't have Soma or you don't want to spend it because it's also used to activate some of the powers, um, you can roll dice. Every time you roll a die, you know that you're bringing into the game the possibility for a failure because uh, every other result other than one is a success. But if you do yeah. even a single one, the whole uh, action fails. And, and here there's a little um, complication, and this is what makes the system uh, different from other games. Um, players are required to aim to a certain outcome before making this decision, uh, rolling dice, etc. Uh, in okay. most games, uh, in most games, you first roll and then you, you determine what happens. Here mm -hmm. we ask you what kind of outcome would you like to obtain? Because there are three possible outcomes. If you just reach the opposition level, you get an outcome with, uh, uh, with a cost. And the outcome with a cost means that what you wanted to do happens, but also there is a complication. Yeah. If you get one more than the opposition level, you get exactly what you described. Mm -hmm. And if you get two more, not only what you um, described happens, but also you get a thing called an increment. And the increment okay. can be uh, something like you do the action faster or something positive happens, or also you can spend this increment sometimes to activate some special section of your gift. Uh, for example, some gift can say, okay, if you have an extra increment, you can use it to inflict an additional wound or things like that. Mm -hmm. so, so you're asked to think about how well you want to, to succeed in an action. And uh, of course, you might think, okay, why don't I want always to succeed in the best possible way? Because uh, sometimes it's risky to try to do mm -hmm. it that way. And that's why, because you can decide how many dice you want to roll yourself. Of course, the more dice you roll, the more likely it is to get a one and then uh, the whole action fails. Uh, last Just thing like is that, 
these two. I was just, sorry. <laughs> no, I was just saying, just like in the example Nick said that, so that's why that person was failing so much because they were relying so much on using the dice yeah. and that meant the ones were crushed by Casper. The, the, yeah. the last thing I want to add is that you can mix these two methods. So you can decide to spend one Soma and roll one dice just to uh, uh, try to make it a less bit uh, risky. Um, yeah. Uh, because you're rolling less less dice, so it seems fairly complicated. But actually, it's pretty easy once once you try it once or twice. Yeah, definitely. No, that makes sense. It's and exactly harder. It. It's harder to explain than actually to to to, to try it. <laughs> I, I think most things are, aren't they? As well, it's like once you get playing, you're like, oh, no, I get it now. But that makes perfect sense. It seems like there's different play styles to suit different people, so you can play it more safer, or you can. If you want a more risky play and the the risk of death from being crushed by a giant caterpillar, then you know it seems like there's both options for you there. Um, I have a question uh, as well um, for somebody watching. John's asked uh, to Tommaso, "What were which were the easiest and the hardest hunters to break?" This is a very good question. Uh, some characters um, are harder than, than others uh, because mm -hmm. when you try to flip them, they don't work that well anymore. I know that, for mm -hmm. example, one that we left out because we couldn't figure it out uh, properly is the Snow Queen uh, from, uh, well, I guess everybody knows it from Frozen at this point. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I remember talking with Alberto and uh, yeah, he didn't have a good idea on how she could be. However, uh, one good thing about this whole Broken Tales business is that we have a great community. Uh, we created, uh, well, first of all, we have a Discord server, which is very, um lively so i invite everybody discord to and look, subreddit look for it. yeah uh, at some point we also open a subreddit uh, for two different purposes discord is more to chat and and discuss the game the subreddit is to submit your own creations and somebody okay. did actually did actually break the snow queen and it was uh, a quite quite good character um okay. so I mean, it's great to bounce ideas with the community because sometimes uh, there are there are good um, good inputs that are coming and give us ideas as well. And I can say that actually we did figure out a way to break the Snow Queen. Is she's not included in any of the material that's out at the moment, but she might mm -hmm. be in the future. So um, there there is a little gimmick there that is quite mm -hmm. intriguing. Okay, and what were the easiest ones to break, or do you have any kind of favorite? favorite ones the ones that you're like well obviously we're going to do that with this one here um i need to think this is more a question for alberto because he did most of the yeah. work for breaking these characters ah. um easiest i think uh, maybe baba yaga was one of the easiest because mm -hmm. uh, she's uh, known as this old witch um like from from the the uh, slavic folklore um, and, and in this case, it was pretty obvious that we could make her interesting, for example, being a kid, which uh, is the form she has in Broken Tales. And she's very frustrated about it. She's still an ancient <laughs> witch. She's just trapped into this uh, young body and she really doesn't like it because people tend to disrespect her and she usually gets uh, quite pissed about it. So uh, <laughs> she was she was quite obvious to, to break in that way but of course that's not the only way to break it and that's the beauty of the system because mm -hmm. you can pick other um, core feature of the yeah. character and decide to focus on those we focus for example on the fact that in the original story she is old so maybe we could do her as a young mm -hmm. witch yeah uh, 
But of course, you can focus on flashbacks of Baba Yaga. (laughs) Uh, Nick, what are your kind of favorite uh, characters that have been broken in the in the game? Uh, Okay, so one of my favorites, of course, everyone who's known me in the community know that my favorite is actually Baba Yaga because she she gives a lot of room for different interpretations. Okay. Because I've had I've had people who are downright manipulative <laughs> in their innocence, and okay. then there's just people who they lean into the horror aspect of the game, mm-hmm. so they turn Baba Yaga into oh, let's just say a combination of Annabelle and something else. Okay. <laughs> and seriously, I have flashbacks of games that I've run where. Baba Yaga has manifested just just the most the creepiest illusions that a human mind can imagine. <laughs> Goodness. Um, so this obviously is um, a kind of uh, a horror game. Uh, so it's kind of creepy in that sense. Uh, so Nick, what sort of advice would you give to people who are looking to, to run this game and be the GM? How, what, what tips would you give to them to run Broken Tales? For GMs, make sure that you use safety tools. Mm-hmm. Because this is a horror game. There are explicit details in the game that may be important for gameplay, but not necessarily something that your players would like. Okay. Because I know that some trigger there are some triggers in we actually do have uh trigger warnings in each scenario of Broken Tales. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, yeah, that's something we discussed. Um we discussed internally. Uh, none of this stuff existed when I started role-playing, but over the years, I think mm-hmm. these uh, concepts have been de- developing a bit, so I think yeah. it's good to include it for people yeah. that need them. Um, mm-hmm. We Before every scenario that we have in the book, we have some keywords uh, that um, indicate what kind of teams are touched by the scenario. And because, as mm-hmm. I was mentioning, these are based on the original fairy tales and some have to do with uh, I don't know cannibalism or uh, very uh, there's, morbid. There's a very famous one that has something to do with rape. So you know, not everybody might love it. And um, mm-hmm. we decided, like in the beginning, we were a bit like, okay, but if we put these keywords, people will spoil themselves. What happens in the scenario? But then in the end, we decided it's better to put them and uh, yeah. every storyteller knows their group and and especially mm-hmm. they should use it if they don't know their group yeah because if yeah. you play if you play if you play at um uh, at an event this happened actually you play at an event you play a scenario that has some uh, i don't know it deals with uh, suicide i don't know something like that mm-hmm. and then you find out that somebody in the t- on the table has a very bad personal experience with suicide you you don't want yeah. that to happen so I prefer that there's a little bit of spoiler rather than having these situations where everybody's not having yeah. fun all of a sudden. Yeah, definitely. I think safety mechanics are so important in games because everyone is there to have a good time and enjoy themselves. And there are some themes that people don't want to explore in games and that's and that's okay. So everyone yeah. can decide if that's a game they want to play. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so I love that you brought up safety mechanics. That's really great to see in a, a horror game. Um Nick, what other kind of recommendations and tips would you you give to GMs uh, running a a game of Broken Tales? Let your players run wild. (laughs) As as a GM of Broken Tales, 
you're not actually in control of the game. The controllers of the game are the players and their actions. Mm-hmm. Every just remember that every choice that your player makes has an equal consequence that only you know. So let them run their game the way they want to run it and react. Be a reactive GM instead of an active GM. Because in the in games of Broken Tales, you have your guidelines. Your guidelines are how you're gonna react because oh I think I just lost a bit of internet connection there. Uh, maybe I can pick 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 up from there. Um, yeah. Broken Tales might be different from other games because the characters are very powerful from the very beginning. Uh, mm-hmm. Because they are based on these iconic uh, characters, um, you might have people that can fly. Uh, Baba Yaga can do pretty much any spell she can think of. Uh, this mm-hmm. is not like D&D where you have a list of spells. You just say what yeah. you want to do. And then mm-hmm. the storyteller can tell you what's the cost of doing that. But you can mm-hmm. do things. And um, you have, uh, I don't know, Babai the judge can uh, travel through shadows. If somebody mm-hmm. calls his name, he can appear anywhere. So these are powers that tend to break um, railroaded adventures. And that's also why um, we, for most of the scenarios, we suggested to use this kind of sandbox approach. Mm-hmm where um, we give you an initial situation to investigate. Uh, We tell you a bit what's going on, and then we give you a bunch of characters, a bunch of locations, and we tell you what are the motivations of each character, what is each character trying to Mm -hmm. do, and how far will they go to to get to where they need to be. Uh, In that way, um, according to the group of hunters that are playing the scenario, you might have very different outcomes. Uh, Mm -hmm. For example, there is one scenario involving a tower. Uh, If you have a character that can actually jump on a broom and fly, you might get to uh, one part of the scenario very quickly. But if none of the hunters can do that, then they might have to be a lot more creative. Uh, And Mm -hmm. this doesn't break the scenarios, uh, surprisingly, because in the beginning I wasn't sure uh, Mm -hmm. uh, that this would work, but actually works extremely well. And I've been seeing the same scenario go in very different ways according to who's playing it and uh, what ideas they have and how they can exploit all the special gifts of of the characters. Excellent. I think, well, we've talked a little bit about kind of running the game with a group and and Nick there was talking about kind of being a GM, but I also noticed that the game has a solo mode in it as well. Um, So could you talk a little bit uh, about that and how that works? Yes. Uh, So uh, it's in the expansion in the the Broken Ones. Um, It was actually uh, added as a stretch goal because uh, it was in uh, such a demand that we decided to add it, mm-hmm. to add it, and uh, we had to think a bit about it because uh, we have uh, in our previous games that use the same system, we do have solo mode in at least two other games, so we knew how to do it. But mm-hmm. the main issue here is that because this is based on fairy tales, we yeah. were trying to figure out, okay, what are you doing here? Are you telling yourself a fairy tale that you already know how it ends? Mm-hmm. So it was difficult to to figure out how to do it, and in the end, uh, um, it, uh, from the original idea we had on the Kickstarter, we did make some changes. And the main idea now is that uh, you are exploring uh, something in the past of these characters that we give you with the books. So mm-hmm. uh, for each one of them, we give you some prompts, some ideas of what is actually your story about, and then it becomes this kind of um, creative writing exercise 
where um, you start to set up the scenario because you're you're trying to solve this prompt and yeah. you need to um, go through a certain amount of scenes in each scene uh, uh, something that is related to some keywords needs to happen and you are telling the story to yourself but when you don't know uh, what happens or you don't know how to proceed we have this uh, uh, long list of uh, possible situation and tables that we help you will help you generate uh, not random outcomes but outcomes mm -hmm. that nudge the story in the right direction and yeah. I'm very proud of how it came out because I think it's uh, it's excellent and mm -hmm. uh, now we also opened a section on the on our discord where people can play mm -hmm. this uh, specific mode with the input of the uh, community. So it means that when you don't know how a scene proceeds, or for example, there's an NPC coming into the room, you can ask mm -hmm. the the um, the community, okay, who is this mm -hmm. NPC that just broke into my room? And then they will yeah. answer, and you pick the answer that you prefer, and then the story continues from there. So um, yeah, it is more like a, writing a story uh, in a collaborative way. Uh, mm -hmm. but but it works pretty well and um, I'm glad that you met we managed to uh, put it in uh, actually for uh, for our previous game which is a fantasy game based on uh, Berserk if you're familiar with the manga mm -hmm. uh, the solo mode is uh, the most downloaded file we have on the website so oh, wow, people really? are enjoying that yeah yeah I think solo uh, tabletop RPGs are really a growing genre that I wasn't that aware of, and I'm learning more and more about them and seeing them in so many more indie games. They I think do it's a really require a bit concept. of effort. They do require a bit of effort. Mm -hmm. It's a bit like the solo mode in many board games. Like you need to set yeah. everything up and play uh, alone, but still, it can be very rewarding if you have the time and the yeah. patience to to do it. And and well, the good thing about this is that because it's some kind of diary, you don't need mm -hmm. to play in one session. You can just play a bit, bit by bit, uh, day by yeah. day. Uh, so that that's kind of a good thing about it definitely it's great that it has that kind of flexibility that it, it can be both which is it's great um we've talked a lot about the uh kind of communities here how like the discord groups um i'm assuming the links to all of these are on your website the where the world and yeah. yeah yeah if they go there they can mm -hmm. find pretty much everything they can find the pre-order mm -hmm. for broken tales if they want from this week mm -hmm. they will also find the pdf of the game uh, because it's ready um mm -hmm. they will find uh, links to our discord and uh article on things we're working on uh yeah i just want to point out that they need to put that article the wordanvil.com because wordanvil.com mm -hmm. some might be familiar with it it's a um word building platform uh, we have a similar okay. name we have we have a similar name we we were born more or less in the same years I've been talking with the guys to to make sure there wasn't any issue there, and they are very <laughs> nice. So, but people, people, of course, it is a bit of an issue for uh, search engine optimization. Uh, we have yeah, the article. We we are we are technically we are publishing the Word Anvil Publishing. Uh, mm -hmm. So we have two URLs. If you go to the wordanvilpublishing.com, you also end up on our website. Uh, okay. But, uh, the, the article makes the difference. Okay, yeah, we uh, well, I'll put the link in the chat there. And if you're listening on the podcast, I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, so if you're worried about spelling it wrong, don't worry, just click on the link I've put there and it'll take you to the right place. Um, so the products are they available on? So if everyone's listened to this and they're like, Do you know what? I'm sold, I will get a copy of this game. Are they available to pre order now or in the PDFs yeah, available so next week? You said they're in print, they're in print, the books are in print right now, they are at the printer. Great. 
Um, there are longer queues, and then there is transportation and packaging, which takes a long time. But uh, of course, yeah. So what we're uh, looking at at the moment, I just made an update on Kickstarter. I think we'll be able to send out uh, packages in September for Italy, uh, probably late September, beginning of October for rest of Europe. And U.S., unfortunately, I think is going to go until the end of October because uh, they need uh, the book need to travel by sea and just the trip takes up to six weeks or so I can't speed that up in any way so it's going to take a while but uh, um, when you do the pre-order you get the pdf for free uh, it's included and you get it immediately uh, so you can uh, start playing if you just want to read the game uh, it's going to take a bit longer to to hold the book in your hand but uh, um, we're getting there doing the best we can it's it's a difficult uh, I understand. Environment at the moment. Yeah, I do all the logistics and operations at EM Publishing as well. So I understand exactly what you were saying. <laughs> yeah. So no problem. Uh, but we have some backers here as well that are excited for their copies. Uh, so it sounds like everyone will have them well in time for Christmas. Uh, but yeah, I think so. If something well, so. terrible doesn't happen, then you will have <laughs> I'm sure. Fingers crossed, touch wood and everything like that. Okay, that's great. Well, thank you. Um, are there any questions uh, about Broken Tales or about the game uh, that you that you want to share with us? Any questions I didn't ask that you wish I had? Well, there is something I can say that I found out during the, during the game. Um, actually, it's been a hit with the LGBT community, uh, which was surprising mm -hmm. because... Um, well, I have to say, like everybody in the in the um, development team is uh, straight as as long as I know, um, and um, we didn't design it on purpose to be popular in that sense. Uh, maybe Nick can can interject here. Uh, I'm talking about the fact that uh, it's been successful with the LGBT community. Uh, mm -hmm. It was funny because uh, at some point I had to ask to to some people like, okay, why everybody likes this? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm why not is sure this what, resonating? Why, yeah, why it's resonating? Yeah. And uh, it, it was exactly funny because I, getting yeah, I had somebody I had somebody explain my own game to me, which was an interesting experience, you know. And um, I think uh, like the explanation there was that the villains in in many of these stories, especially the Disney versions of them are often represented as queer characters um, already. Uh, you, uh -huh. you think about Ursula, you think about Jafar, um, many of them are weird. And um, I think this uh, allowed a lot of people to, uh, I don't know, uh, feel uh, some kind of closeness to them, but I think Nick might want to say something here. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's that feeling of as he as Tommaso said, most of the time your stereotypical villains in fairy tales are weird, queer, and sometimes they almost represent downright drag queens. In the case of Love the it. Little Mermaid, <laughs> in a way, Broken Tales made it made it so that being queer, being weird, and being not the typical hero made it seem like, oh, it's possible for me to have this persona of myself. Mm -hmm. That, oh, finally, someone is representing me, a queer person, as, as someone who's not bad. I can play yeah. a hero this time, which is great. It's, it's that kind of sentiment, especially when... Uh, when I talked with some of the people in the community, they were like, yeah, I, there's a representation here. And the, 
The great thing about the hunters and broken tales is their genders and identities are suggestions. Mm-hmm. I've had people play Captain Hook as female, um, yeah. a non-binary Baba Yaga, even a female Garu. Why not? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, so I'm kind of happy weird. that they, I'm kind of happy that it turned out that way. Probably the art style helps. Uh, I think that if we did it on purpose, it wouldn't have uh, worked because mm-hmm. we wouldn't know what to do. Uh, so I'm yeah. glad that in a, in a way, just the creative, like uh, allowing uh, both both writers and illustrator to um, to do whatever they wanted with this character allowed the creativity to speak for itself, and then mm-hmm. other people can read. Uh, what they want into it. And I think uh, probably novel writers uh, get this all the time with people interpreting the books in ways they didn't yeah. intend, but but somehow resonate with them. And yeah. well, I'm just happy that it worked out and, and people seem happy about it and we didn't do any terrible mistake. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> Yeah. yeah, well, it's great. It sounds like it's um, becoming a real collaboration with the community for people enjoying this game, which is always such a lovely thing to see. But, and I think you get that so much with indie tabletop games. Uh, I think, um, yeah, well, good to have you back as well, Nick, because we lost you a yeah. little bit there. We're coming up to the top of the hour, so I didn't know if there was anything you wanted to share about Broken Tales um, that you haven't had the chance to, or if, if there was a question you wish I'd asked you. Um I don't know mm. if there's anything else. At the moment, probably not. I can't think of anything at the moment. I'm a little distracted <laughs> I put you on the spot. The, <laughs> yeah, and also I'm a little distracted by the sudden fluctuations here. I think it's fine now. Well, well, we got you got you on the stream now for the last five bit. Um, so if you have any questions in the chat, uh, now is your time to ask them. Uh, otherwise, you'll have to go onto uh, the website to the World Anvil uh, and ask there later. Um, but uh, what I do now is I'm going to ask the question I ask um, all my guests uh, and I'm going to ask you for any recommendations of RPGs that aren't ones you've made uh, and aren't D&D as well. So, uh, Nick, do you what other RPGs would you recommend? I would mostly if if I was getting if I was getting asked to give a recommendation, I would point to games that are powered by the apocalypse. Mm hmm. Very narrative-focused games. In particular, the one that I really, really like is Monster Hearts 2. Oh, now, yeah. that game is another game with some uh, with real-life themes that are, in a way, it's, it's it can be played in a way that you can actually educate people mm-hmm. about how it feels to be different, how how it feels to not be part of the norm. It's a really good game. So similar themes in a way that uh, Broken Tales kind of has as well. Nice. Yeah. Um, Tommaso, what uh, RPGs would you recommend? I have two if you give me the time. I have it of in course. the books here. Yes. Okay, so <laughs> this one is a is a recent game. It's uh, this one. You probably see it through the blur filter. It's yeah. a Cartel. Cartel from Magpie Games. Mm-hmm. It's a game that mm-hmm. I don't hear discussed very much, but it's uh, one of the best uh, written games I've I've read. And it took them a long time to deliver this, but I think this is an mm-hmm. example of uh, that sometimes people need time to do a good job. Um, and it's it's a game about uh, basically if you are familiar with uh, Netflix Narcos, uh, it's yeah. a game that allows you to play that kind of stories. 
um, not only it's very uh, clear, and the this is a Powered by Apocalypse game. Uh, okay. it's, it's very clear. The rules are super thematic. They managed to adapt the system to, to work well with the archetypes they have. And it's also a game uh, um, where the characters don't necessarily work together because mm -hmm. they're all part of the same cartel. Uh, mm -hmm. But they might have different interests, and and sometimes they uh, try to uh, screw each other over. So uh, <laughs> it, cre it creates interesting dynamics. Um, mm -hmm. And I've been playing it with some people on this on our server because we also play games from other from other creators, of course. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was extremely uh, funny to to play. So th this is one that I would recommend. I don't know why it's not more popular, but it should be because it's excellent. Okay. And uh, the other one is a big inspiration for me. Uh, Nobilis, this is okay. You cannot see it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, I can see it now. <laughs> okay, yeah. something there like this. Go. This is a very is a weird uh, um, coffee. How do you call it? Coffee table book. Yeah, so it's this kind coffee of form book, and work. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, this is the second edition. There are three editions. The third edition went wrong for some reason. It's completely different. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, the, the the best way to uh, describe it is the unofficial rpg of the sandman uh oh wow you, yeah it's amazing mm. like it's uh, in incredibly well well written um a bit cryptic um super interesting system every character uh uh embodies one concept it's mm -hmm. hard to describe but every character embodies one concept and they do have some domain over that specific concept and the concept can, concepts can be as weird as, uh, um, I don't know, I am uh, the nobilist of metal bottles. So when there are metal bottles around, you can do a lot of things and you have this kind of unlimited power, mm -hmm. uh, but then you're limited in all other aspects of life. Um, and then, of course, you can pick some concepts that are more more flexible than others. But if you like the Sandman from Neil Gaiman, this is the game. Uh, it's it's been such a inspiration for me uh, growing up. It's it's quite old, um, and I don't know how easy it is to find this specific edition here. Mm -hmm. But I would recommend to follow the creator. Um, at the moment, she's called uh, uh, Jenna Moran. She had a different name back then. Um, she, she she's still publishing games. Uh, the mm -hmm. most recent one is called Glitch, which is a kind of a side uh, game in the Nobilis universe. But yeah, Nobilis it's amazing. So try to find it. They they have the PDF on uh, Drive to RPG. At least the PDF you can get it. Oh, fantastic! Well, those are some great recommendations. Thank you very much. And I always ask because then it's ideas for me to for people to contact to come on another episode of Not D and D. So I want to say thank you uh, so much uh, for coming on and giving up your time to talk to us about Broken Tales, even though it's like you know midnight and five a.m. where where you folks are. So thank you so much uh, for for giving up the time to come talk to us. Uh, thank you so much to uh, the guests and everyone that came along and watched and asked questions. Uh, we are back again next week with not D and D. Uh, we're talking. Um, uh, talking about Orbital Blues, which is a space western tabletop RPG. So slightly different vibe to what we're talking mm. about today, just to keep it different. Um, but yeah, uh, so we're back next Monday. But for now, I think it's time to say goodbye. Uh, so Tommaso, Nick, thank you so much for giving it your time and coming on being guests this week. Thank you for thank having you us. Thank you for having us. No problem. All right, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>